Sophia podcast, a platform for women's voices in theology, curated by Sarah Elizabeth Smith and Kelsey Davis. Be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theosophia and consider supporting this labor of love project for women's empowerment. This week we share another Easter message. For those of you who aren't familiar with the liturgical year, Easter isn't just a one-day event. It's a season of 50 days in our Christian calendar year. We celebrate the risen Christ, the risen love in the world that continues to embolden us, feed us, and sustain us for generations to come. Thank you to my sweet mentor and friend, Mother Becca Stevens, for letting us share her powerful and eloquent message on God's love living in us as fire. She reminds us of Jesus' message of love, saying, You think that cathedral is beautiful? You think that temple is amazing? You think those stones are huge? It is nothing. It is dust compared to the kingdom of love that God is building in you. The sermon starts within the gospel reading for Easter Day, which is John 20, 1-18, then a beautiful song written and composed by Becca's husband, Marcus Hummon, and performed by Marcus and the St. Augustine's Choir and Band. Here's Mother Becca. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter 
and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. It is not life that we need, no. It is not light that we need, but begins with fire, with the Paschal fire. While it is still dark, we light a fire every year. 
And then that fire stays lit all year long by these candles that are lit continuously. And then they keep watch over the altar for the consecrated sacraments, for the ashes of our beloved that are buried in our altar, to keep watch with people so that they can light from that fire other fires and prayer candles because no fire is diminished by lighting another. But then every single year on Good Friday, the last thing we do is we blow it out. We blow out the last light in the church. When I did it this year and knew what was coming, it made me weepy to think this is what it means, just so that we get a taste of what it means to sit in darkness without hope. To think that on Good Friday, love was snuffed out by political violence, by fear, by our own brokenness, it's gone. We are in darkness. There is no hope when love dies. And then we keep praying and we keep a vigil. And while it is still dark, we begin another fire. We carried it over here this morning so you could see it. And that fire lit all the light before you. And it will keep going all year long. Not all the candles, but some of the candles. (laughs) And we say, no, love wasn't snuffed out. In fact, Good Friday was its crowning moment. It was the crowning moment when we realized that the worst that the world has to offer in love lives. The whole Easter story begins while it is still dark. The sun had not yet risen over Jerusalem as Mary Magdalene sets out. And like the first flickers of a flame, barely hanging on, barely making her way as grief is her guide to the tomb. And it's enough. It's enough for her to find her way past despair, moving fear aside and making her way to the tomb. It's enough. For her to find the angels in the shroud laid aside and to greet her Rabboni, her beloved Lord. That candle, that paschal flame is enough for her to become the first preacher to say, love does not die, love is risen. It is enough for her to be able to preach for generations and generations to all of us and remind us Love is the most powerful force for change in the world. Amen. We need to remember that this is a joyful day. This is the day the light is shining. This is the day we lit a million candles to help y'all remember. This is the day we... The idea of this whole beautiful idea of the candles came to us the last day we were on our 21st trip to Ecuador. And a group of us got up while it was still dark in Cuenca in the mountains of Ecuador and went to the cathedral. And there were sellers outside hawking candles, 25 cents apiece. And a couple people bought enough candles for all of us, and we went in and joined a 100 pilgrims all lighting candles off each other and putting our small flickers of hope onto the table before the altar. People who were coming in there broken, sick, Poor, oppressed, 
people who were grieving loved ones, all of us standing there lighting our little candles together, and it felt like we were the descendants of Magdalene. And as I stood there, I realized you don't light the candle in the middle of the day on the mountaintop. You light the candle in the valley when it's dark. You don't light the candle when the path is straight and clear and happy. You know where you are. It's in the dark of the morning where it's meandering in the desert that you're trying to find your way and need a little extra light. Fire has always been a symbol. Fire has always been so powerful. Think of this week with Notre Dame. Those images we saw of the burning. Fire has always been so powerful, a symbol in the truth about what it means to destroy, to cleanse, to transform. And it's always been a symbol of the presence of God. Think about it, the pillar of the wandering people coming out of the desert, the pillar of fire. The burning bush that burns but does not consume. The symbol of the Holy Spirit coming to the disciples on Pentecost. It's fire. That's what sends everybody back into the world. It's not only a symbol of the presence of God, it's a symbol of the Spirit of God. Think of Jeremiah. Your word is like fire in my breast. And it's a symbol of the love of God, the song of Solomon's. My passion burns like a fire. It's a symbol of the purification. John the Baptist, Jesus is going to come and baptize you with fire. Get ready. Tillyard, one of the great French mystics and scientists in World War II, stood in the front lines and said, the only hope for this earth, the only hope for all of us, for God's people, is that we feel God as a living flame in us. Until we feel that living flame burning in us, it's hard to feel the presence of God that makes us want to go into the world to love it again. The Paschal flame is the Paschal flame that burns but does not destroy We have to rekindle that flame in us on these Easter mornings. How about the beautiful picture of Notre Dame that came out this week with the cross rising from the ashes? Does it not remind you of Jesus saying to all the disciples in every single gospel, you think that cathedral's beautiful, you think that temple is amazing, you think those stones are huge, it's nothing, it is dust compared to the kingdom that God is building in you. Everything but love dies. Jesus reminds us everything passes but love. And no fire, no death can destroy it. That's what Easter preaches. That's what it means to be a people of faith. That's what it means to be the descendants of Magdalene. Not that we understand death, but we light a candle through it. We keep walking towards the tomb because we long for that hope so much. Easter preaches there is a fire in us that burns but does not consume. It can dance in our hearts and it can fire our belly. I remember 
looking up from all the candles that were burning in the cathedral in Ecuador. And behind a golden altar that looked so similar to the image in Notre Dame, there was an image of Jesus with a sacred heart, the heart that is on fire burning for the world. It's a heart that is made by long-suffering and compassion. The wounded heart is the one that can catch fire with such beautiful compassion and passion for the world. This is the day that we remember the candles and the light is still on fire. And it can carry us beyond our own grief. The stone has rolled away. The shroud has fallen and we are free. We can know on this day and we can remember with hearts on fire that all those we have loved who have died live on because love lives. They live on in love and in the memory of God. A single flame can carry us from the wilderness to the garden. That is the good news. We can cut a path to the garden from whatever wilderness we find ourselves in. However we are standing or wherever we are looking from, we can see the light. It's not hard for me to imagine Magdalene, the people of Notre Dame, the pilgrims in Ecuador, you and me and the saints, lighting candles year after year in hope. We keep searching and we have a light that will take us where we long to be. And with that light, we can live into the truth. We can live into all our longings for justice and peace. We can live into the deepest parts of ourselves. And we can even walk toward our own Easter morning time with the song on our lips, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia.
Thanks again, Mother Becca, for letting us share your powerful Easter message this week. So thankful for you. Also, for my Oklahoma City folks, Becca will be speaking in OKC on September 13th and 14th at St. Paul's Cathedral downtown as a part of the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma's Bishop Lecture Series. So be on the lookout for more information about that. I'm so excited for her to be in town. All right, folks, next week on the pod is Margot Guernsey, the director and principal of Time Travel Productions, LLC, which she founded in 2012 to produce documentary films and related media. Kelsey will chat with her about her upcoming film on the Philadelphia 11, the story of the 11 women who were ordained in the Episcopal Church before women were allowed to be priests in 1974. As always, be sure to stay in touch with us on all of our social media platforms and visit our Patreon page and consider supporting the Theosophia podcast. We'll see y'all next week. Peace.